If you're getting this message, it means we were successful once again in getting past the jammers and are now broadcasting on pirate radio from the free state of Texas. Stand by for more critical information to follow. Many Bothans died getting this message. Welcome back, loyal audience. We've got another another riveting show for you. I already stumbled over my words. It's a great start. Alright, yeah, so I guess that was our intro. I feel like if we were serious about this, I'd go back and uh, do that over again. But <laughs> No, I think you're keeping it an honest art form. It's it's very honest. It's brutally honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we were talking about a bunch of different things. So it's kind of um, pick pick a direction here today, but kind of nostalgia i guess right that's what we're gonna go back how things have changed um how people get their information um i mean how can you even verify information where it's coming from um it just how things have changed with just the different sources i mean i'm looking at google news right now which was really creepy because I was talking about something and I scrolled down and boom, like four stories popped up about that topic. And then it had ads for stuff that I buy. And I have no idea how Google knows that I buy that particular brand of flashlight because I don't use them for anything other than the show. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, they're talking about TikTok. It is really creepy. It's, um, kind of sucks you in it seems like that's why i'm i'm scared of it i'm scared of a lot of social media i think that's why i got rid of facebook years ago because i just realized you know you start just looking into what other people are doing and posting and it's it's kind of addicting and it's depressing at the same time i just i had to i was realizing it about myself that it was just becoming not good for me and i got rid of it um i think gosh when was that like the 20 teens somewhere in there i haven't looked back and now i'm scared of any social media i see how much time other people spend on it and how it just sucks you in having trying to have a conversation with guys sometimes <clears throat> and i'll just see their eyes drift back towards the phone and they just like cut you out of this. The conversation's over. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's terrifying. And I'm trying not to. Like I'm sitting there too. And I'm just end up staring out the window just thinking. And I'm like, dang, I'm bored. But you just, and then you just start to pick up the phone and start to scroll through stuff. And it's just like, no, don't do it. It's a trap. But I don't know. Yes, I agree. It is a trap. It's, it's I don't know. They, yeah, the story, I don't know if you want to like get in the story. I mean, you kind of brought it up, but I think, I don't know, whatever algorithm that they figured out uh, to get the dopamine hits going, like I think people are just, they're addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that to me is crazy. You brought up the nostalgia thing. And like, I just remember, you know, like in high school, at least for me, this is how old I am, but you know, we didn't, we didn't have none of that. And like, you would sit down and watch a movie and you just watched a movie. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Or if you're talking to someone, you just talked to someone. You went out to eat. You just went out to eat. Right. And there, there, there was no distraction. You weren't looking up, you know, watching, I don't know, kids dancing and friggin' being degenerates. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I, <clears throat> I experienced this, and it's kind of a reflection on my parenting, so... Don't judge me too hard, but the kid's (laughs) been playing a lot of Minecraft lately. Um, And it just been on the, you know, devices probably more than they should be. But I sat down last night to watch the Chimp Empire documentary. So I'd heard about that. It's on Netflix. So it starts playing and the kids start to, you know, sit down and watch. And they're just, they keep asking you know, if there's a pause and it's just you're staring at the chimp's faces or something and slow, they're like, what's happening next? You know, what's what's going to happen next? What what are they doing? What are they do? They're just asking. And I don't know if that's just what kids do or if their their brains have been rewired to not be patient enough to wait for the story to unfold. And it, it you know, because, you know, whatever, 15 seconds later, the narrator comes in and describes what's happening or what's going to happen. And the, you know, the question would have been answered if they just watched. And that's, I mean, that's what I remember too. You sit down and you watch a movie and you just watch it. And maybe you would comment to other people on what's going on or predict what's going to happen next. That's something that I would do. You know, I would try to ruin movies for people by predicting what happened next. (laughs) that's probably annoying but it's you know i mean how many times have you watched the uh the entire star wars series i don't know if you're a star wars guy i mean i've seen them yeah i mean that's that's what we used to do it used to be indiana jones and star wars were some of the only things we were allowed to watch so we just put that in and sit down and just watch it and you know, if we had time, we'd watch the next one and maybe the next one after that on a Saturday. It's you just sit there and watch the movie. It's it's so strange. There was no distraction. Yeah, I think I don't know. You used to be able to enjoy things and enjoy the moment, whether it was with people or I uh, enjoying the art of the movie. Mm -hmm. or the show or just the scenery if you're like outside you know you just you enjoyed things so much more and had deeper connections to people Mm -hmm. and you know now it's just you know checking in with someone having an actual conversation with someone is just uh replaced by like oh you know so and so liked my post or liked my picture so you know that's our our connection for the day or the week or whatever. Right. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's not real, man. It's not. Yeah. It's not real. And I was just, I just had the thought that when I was a kid, I used to be bored a lot. Like almost every day I was bored. (laughs) And so (laughs) that would drive me to go outside and just, find stuff to do you know like yeah. so, something that we used to do <laughs> as a kid 
kids like me and Nate, we would just go out and dig a hole. <laughs> like, we we dig just see how deep we could dig a hole. <laughs> that nice. sounds so stupid now thinking about it. You just go out in a field or somewhere and just dig a hole until we were completely underground. And that was, the, that was our sense of entertainment for the day. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so many other things too, though. Just like we'd build little uh, like nests up in the branches of trees and just climb trees just because we were bored. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I wonder. It worked. And it yeah, was it fun, did. right? Yeah, and we didn't die or anything. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> That's so weird, though, because I, you know, I'm never bored anymore because you know I don't use social media, but I've got the dang phone. I'm listening to podcasts constantly. It's like I wonder though if that's did that make us dumber, or did I mean what? <sighs> If your sense of entertainment is digging a hole, are you really getting that much mental stimulation? And do you really need that mental stimulation is the question, I guess. Like having ideas and other people's thoughts and creations just thrown at you constantly. Or is it better to just live in your own head and experience the world in real time? You know, I I don't have an answer to that, but... To me, I mean... I think it is better because, um, sorry, you gave two different options. So yeah, sorry. Um, asking which one's better, and I said it is better. So no, <laughs> I know um, which one you meant. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, experiencing something. There's nothing wrong with like coming across an idea. So again, like going, dating myself, but you know whether it's I used to, I don't know, this is how nerdy I am. I used to like read encyclopedias for like information, mm, mm-hmm. you know, it just, just to figure out a topic or, you know, maybe, you know, something in a movie like brought uh, a thought into your head or, you know, friends who learned other things would say something and it would, it would cause discussion and cause self-reflection and, and think, and now it's just, you know, whether it's TikTok or like Instagram or whatever, and then, you know, you watch that and there's such an, a hive mind mentality that, um, mm. you know, it's like, oh, I, you know, disagree with that. Or you're so scared of being shunned or disagreed with that you just, you know, there, there's no critical thinking or no exploration of ideas and thoughts. That, yeah, that makes me think because, you know, back in the day, you're having a conversation with your friends and somebody comes up with this quote-unquote fact, there really was not a way to check it. Uh, Now, everybody, you could just pull out your phone and quote-unquote find the answer. But, you know, is it really the correct answer? And We don't know. Whereas, I think if you didn't have access to information back in the day, you had to be more skeptical. Right. Because somebody would tell you something and... There was no way to know if it was true or not. And so that made you second guess it and kind of file it away and see if that idea proved out or proved to be true. I mean, I guess the alternative is you could just buy it hook, line, and sinker. But I, I think that made people more skeptical. 
now you could just go and you just type in, well, what is, you know, whatever the question is, you type it in an answer pops up. You're good to go. Nope. That's not right. You know, but how do you know if that information is actually correct? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So I guess that that could be an argument for modern information sharing in that back in the day, you know, you'd read the newspaper, watch the local news and say, well, it's what the news said. That's what's happening. Mm. And so, you know, to some degree, there was more trust. That's because we just we didn't have access to other things. So. I think in some ways, I guess the good that has come from this is like we do have more access to figure out the truth. Right. Because that you're right. So the there would be authoritative sources, like yeah. you said, the newspaper um, or, you know, some book. But so you'd be able to at least have a common picture with everybody else on some of the bigger uh, quote unquote facts about life there would still there'd be a shared picture and whether or not it was the actual truth didn't really matter. It's still people could agree on some basic tenets where now our eyes have been opened because almost every human being now has a voice. Uh, you can kind of pick and choose who you agree with. Um, and there's, it's a breakdown of that shared picture of the world because you could find diametrically opposed viewpoints easily within a second. And so then we're like fractionalizing or factionalizing based on kind of our own opinions at this point. It's uh, that is interesting, but it's, it's also, I think I always come down on the side that uh, knowing more is better than knowing less. So even though we had a shared picture of the world back in the day, you know, the newspapers say we're, we were still being lied to and it was easier to shape public opinion. Whereas now, you know, people, I don't know, do they believe anything anymore? Well, I think now to combat it, they, they paint, you know, anybody that diverges from the hive mind, they paint as, nationalist extremist nazi racist you know homophobe whatever adjective you want to throw in there right and so they they play off the fear they well you don't want to be labeled that so you just you agree with the hive mind Mm -hmm. so they're trying to keep people from leaving uh the plantation of controlled dot yeah but I think more and more people are leaving or at least are thinking about leaving and just, you know, maybe too scared to actually come out with what they believe. Yeah. And that's a distinction is the public persona versus the private and that hive mind that you're talking about. I don't know if that's real. I don't know how many people actually subscribe to that and how much of it's just a online persona It's it's it shocks me just meeting new people from down here too and how how much in common that i have with them it's it's like there's a subculture going on there's the real world 
and it's the online fake worlds. And I, w- I would venture to guess, and I know just based on where I work and the type of people, it would make sense that we would have a lot in common. But I, it almost seems like that fake hive mind, all this crazy outrage stuff that's going on. It seems like that is just a, uh, it's fictitious. It's not actually happening. It's like this weird culture that lives on the internet. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't worked through it yet, but I think a lot of it is you kind of brought it up, but like location, I think the closer you are to bigger cities, um, the more of it you'll see. Um, we live in kind of a, I don't know, I guess like a lesser suburb. And you don't see a lot, but it is starting to, I don't know, I guess invade. But mm. the other, the, the funny thing that I've noticed is that when you do start to challenge some of these things, they do tend to back down or not be as violent about it as they are online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what and Jordan... I mean, I've... Oh, go ahead. You were, you were going. I, I can... Go ahead. I was just going to say that, um, the, the you know, I, I'm pretty respectful about it. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they tend to either back down or just kind of short circuit because they don't have the proper conviction Mm -hmm. well that that's exactly online with a podcast i was listening to with jordan peterson last night he had some lady on it doesn't really matter what she was talking about but it was the the truth the breakdown of truth and if you have she was likening it to a mathematical equation if you break that equal sign if something just doesn't add up and you're building on that, the whole structure breaks down because it doesn't check out with reality. It's it, you have to have some fundamental truths. And if you've built this whole thing and you're saying that men can be women, everybody knows that's not true. You can pretend it's true for a while, but it really gets down to an argument or it gets down to enacting that in the real world everybody sees that it's just a complete fantasy, you know, it doesn't add up. Yeah. So that's, it's, that's, that's why I'm thinking it's some sort of um, weird mind virus that lives on the internet, you know, because it's people can say these things, but if you really have a conversation with them, like you're saying in real life, it just breaks down almost instantaneously. You know, you see it like you have a uh, uh, trans whatever parties at libraries and because that's that's basically taking those ideas from the Internet where it's all fun and cool. And then you try to implement it in real life and people are not happy about it. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, what are you doing? <laughs> These are <laughs> six year olds and we're at a library. <laughs> Why are you naked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah it's I don't know I just like I mean this is going to sound conspiratorial not that I care but <laughs> it just seems that there's a coordinated effort 
to just control. And I think the more outside of the less time you spend on the internet, you know, just taking in like, cause if you, if you, if you live in an echo chamber, just get spoon fed the same stuff. Eventually you're going to like it. You're going to believe it. Right. Yeah. So I think, so I think the less time you spend, you know, within that echo chamber, the more you're going to see this, what appears to be a very controlled effort to control, to force people to believe a certain way and to act a certain way. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings up that whole, like the newspapers back in the day, we used to take it as gospel, but behind the scenes, it was all controlled almost directly uh, by the government. And you could see that what you're describing that is kind of moved online. And now there's uh, technology behind it where you can, you can saturate the internet with the narrative that you're looking to uh, perpetrate, I think would be the right way to say that <laughs> or propagate Uh so you just and it goes back to that. Oh man, I'm having a. Uh, was it 2014 when Obama, in some defense bill, did away with the um, that act that said that the government couldn't propagandize its own citizens? I think yeah, I think it was yeah around 2012. I think it's called the it's the something month act. Smith month. Smith month act. Yeah. Yeah. Where, uh, it, it expired and you didn't renew it so that the, uh, yes, yeah, so that the government could thereby legally, as if the law ever stopped the government, but <laughs> it made it so it was legal for them to uh, use propaganda upon its citizens. Right. And you don't have to, you don't have to hide it anymore. And a lot of the stuff we've seen recently coming out, like the wiki, um, what it was it, Twitter files, where the government was coming to Twitter and telling them who to ban and who to block, giving them just thousands and thousands of names um, and having almost daily correspondence with, with Twitter. And that's just Twitter. And it's, we know that Google and the government have had a cozy relationship for quite some time. They used to have uh, an office set up. Was it in the white house? Like yeah. during the Obama administration. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was then. And then Facebook has had people going back and forth from the FBI into management positions. I think one of the guys who was in the FBI working on the Russian probe of Trump, ended up going over to Facebook and is now their chief disinformation officer or something like that. So it's, you just look at those pieces and you can imagine these are some of the biggest, it's where most people get their news and ideas is from these entities and they're being heavily censored and um, selected for what stories go out and what stories are hidden and who you can actually see. It's uh, catered. I'm reading this Mockingbird thing. I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, of course, Wikipedia. Mockingbird? Yeah. 
Wikipedia says it's an alleged large-scale program by the CIA. Jeez. Oh, um, but then they'll go on, I'm sure, to um, detail it here. That's actually a really short page. What? I know I found a, a more in-depth story of this. I'm trying to read through it quick. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, I'm actually wearing an Operation Mockingbird t-shirt nice. from Forbidden Clothes. Yeah. Just to, just to throw that out there again. I still haven't got mine. I need to. I need to get yeah, a... Uh... I, Operation Mockingbird is 100% uh, real thing, so forget what Wikipedia is saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing um, this in the worst place, too. I'm on Wikipedia on Google, so... <laughs> man, you're... You're trying to not find the information. Yeah, I need to pull up my DuckDuckGo. I just didn't want to open another browser. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I don't. I can. Uh, I don't. Know, I can do a quick rundown unless. Yeah. You want for to sure? I'm. I'm not going to find it anytime soon. Um. Yeah. Basically, uh, I forget the year that. Uh, the years that it supposedly started and stopped at. But um. Basically, the CIA uh, had agents within the media, be it newspaper, TV, you know, whatever, uh, to control the narrative and the message. And again, they supposedly stopped. They said they stopped. Mm -hmm. But um, odds are that it's still going. I mean, it makes sense. If you look at people like Anderson Cooper, yeah, uh, is CIA. If you just do a, even just a brief search on Anderson Cooper, yeah, and I mean it makes sense. Like I, I would say that even people like Sean Hannity is probably a mockingbird. Yeah, I would say so. It's that's what the uh, no agenda guys talk about all the time. Is the the CIA is just like. They all right. So the way they say it is, whenever one of these news um, news anchors, I, I'm trying to think of what spokes holes. I don't know. That's not it. There's some other term. News readers. Uh, whenever they're up there talking about classified information, they they use very specific verbiage that indicates that they have a security clearance. And I can't think of exactly what it is, but they've they've taken many, many clips when at CNN or wherever somebody's talking about a classified. They're like, well, you know, basically, I'm not read into this so I can talk about it is what they're saying in very specific terms that if you didn't really understand how security clearances worked, you wouldn't really pick up on it. But it's it's so so many of the people in the these big news organizations are clearly have security clearances and very possibly are working directly for some intel agencies. Wow. Yeah. It goes back back to the sixties and hasn't really ever stopped. Does it say that when they supposedly like Stop doing the experiment. Yeah, the document was compiled in response to a May 1973 directive from the Director of Center Intelligence, James, James Schlesenberger, 
asking CIAs to report on any past or present activities they thought might be inconsistent with the agency's charter. Uh, Project Mockingbird, a telephone intercept activity. I think I might be reading the wrong one. Was conducted between 12 March 63 and 15 June 63 and targeted two Washington-based newsmen uh, who at the time were frequently quoting classified materials of the agency and others. I don't know. I'm not. This is once again Wikipedia. I'm on DuckDuckGo. I just need to find a better source. <laughs> All that's interesting.com. Do you think that's a good one? Sounds reputable. Yeah. Schoolhistoryco.uk. I mean, if it's from the UK, I mean, we've got tight uh, connections with them and the Intel community. So. Okay, so there's like a paper published here, but it looks like it's some sort of homework. This is us doing great research. I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I just brought it up. So. <laughs> oh, man. It's not a uh, fiction. It's conspiracy in the 70s. So it came out in the 70s, it sounds like. It's the church committee. Senator Frank Church established the Church Committee in order to investigate government operations and potential abuses. The CIA admitted to their manipulation of the mainstream media. They wanted to change the American people's minds. So there's a book called Family Jewels, I guess, that uh, details it. But, I mean, I've heard things where they had agents get hired with all the networks and or just um, they would feed stories to journalists. I mean, they just owned the media for decades after the after World War Two. Hmm. Got a yeah, Daily Beast story. There, there's quotes at Daily Beast. <laughs> um, yeah, there's quotes from like Jefferson and like even them that even back then we're talking about how propagandized the media was. Right. As, I mean, it's, I mean, if you think about it, you got like, it's the same as now where you got like these billionaires that own these tech companies and only allow one thing to go through. I mean, well, it only makes sense. And they're getting paid a lot of the time. Um, billions or at least tens of millions, hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars by the government to censor these people. Cause that's what they'll do is they'll send, send a list over. And some of this was coming, uh, the, uh, the Twitter files. Some of it was coming directly from the white house. They would send over gigantic lists and then Facebook. Well, I guess Twitter in this case would, um, would charge the government per per name to censor them. So they were billing the government just tons of money. So basically our tax dollars were going to make it so we couldn't speak freely. Yeah. That's how it works. I mean, our tax dollars also went to fund a new virus that killed millions of people yeah. and got... I got sick from it. I'm, that was money well well spent, I think. <laughs> I didn't. So does, does that mean I get a refund? I, yeah, I That might work. You might have a class action lawsuit. Can you sue 
the government because you didn't get COVID. I should that, I should look into that. that. There might be a giant class action lawsuit. I mean, that, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's that way around, but <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. It really is nuts to think about. There's a lot of other ideas out there too that previous viruses have been created in a lab, which doesn't. I mean, this is kind of the first one that really went mainstream. So it's hard to believe since they've been working on this kind of stuff for decades that something hasn't happened before. And that's the story with Lyme's disease, supposedly, is that it was a a program over on the East Coast, I think, where there was a military operation. They were trying to create new viruses. Right tick bit a person or something and escaped and i was just hearing the other day that now they've got well this alpha gal it's another tick-borne illness that makes you allergic to red meat and i heard about it probably two years ago i think um npr did some sort of story on it but it just popped up Boom. And now more and more and more stories are coming out about it. Um, And then now it's popping up over in Australia, which is weird because it's hard to imagine these ticks getting over to Australia on their own. Um, And then recently you have some scientists coming out talking about how it would be a really good idea to infect everybody with this alpha gal uh, protein that makes them allergic to meat because then we could solve the climate problem because, well, if nobody can eat meat, then we can just get rid of all the meat production. So it's a win-win, you know, people aren't going to do it voluntarily. So might just have to do it to them. Yeah, I don't know. And people are linking it to the vaccine and stuff, but I, I don't know if I believe it just because the number of stories, there's not enough of them. If it were actually a uh, intentional effort, I think we would be seeing you know, thousands of people, tens of thousands, millions of people who are allergic. But, but still, it's that, that whole alpha-gal, Lyme disease. People have said um, AIDS is a big conspiracy, which I kind of believe because Fauci was part of that. So (laughs) sure was if, if he was part of it, you can bet, (laughs) you can bet that there was probably some research into creating it in the first place. But um, yeah, Fauci, I, I saw a video, um, of Fauci back in the eighties talking about AIDS and he was running around on news shows telling people you could get AIDS from just hugging an infected person. Yep. So he's warning to like not let your kids hug gay people because mm-hmm. they would get AIDS. So, of course, everybody got all freaked out. And yeah, I don't know how that dude has stayed in power. I don't, I mean, he's a good puppet, I suppose, but yeah. the guy's been wrong on everything. Yep. Another example of failing your way to the top. It's, um, 
that's how that works. It seems like uh, just being a good yes man. Yeah, yeah. S- selling your soul and yeah, I don't know. you're just willing to willing to do things that better people wouldn't be willing to do. So it's just a anyone with a conscience. Yeah, the higher you get. The closer to the top, the more corrupt you are. And once you're at the top, you're probably the most corrupt human being you could possibly have. Yeah. Possibly. That's that's just my rule of thumb. But I yeah. mean, I think that that would have a pretty good track record. You it can look like at people, it. anybody who is, especially people that do rapid rises in the political ranks I think are definitely if you were to put them under a microscope would would come out as 1% soul of their soul all right well that applies to Trump then <laughs> what absolutely yeah so what I mean it's it feels like he's probably the most investigated person in human history at this point so whether or not that's you could dive deep and think that that's fake or we just somehow got lucky <laughs> and got the cleanest president we've ever had. Although, I think, yeah, you know, like the guy's got money. He's got a lot of it. So like, is he clean? I mean, maybe on some stuff, but I mean, definitely has skeletons and the guy, you know, has worked with the mafia and, greased politicians pockets before to get his buildings built so is there is there skeletons in the closet most definitely i would have thought that the fbi would have found some of that by now i mean i'm sure they have but you know they gotta you gotta keep that in the back pocket for a rainy day Mm. when you when you can use it to it's the same reason why you know, Biden's in power right now. Everybody has dirt on this guy. Right. You know, everybody does. So, but he's everybody's puppet now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they could just take him out anytime they wanted, basically, is the idea. Yeah. And they're, they're starting to a little bit with, you know, I think they're just setting it up for, I think he's either, either going to die in office or they're just going to pull him and let it put him out to pasture. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's really bizarre to me. I still can't figure it out what they're going to do. Like, I can't see the path forward really. I think, I think they are pushing, uh, Newsom. Yeah. I, th- I think I was ahead of the curve on that one. Because to me, it seems like DeSantis and Newsom are kind of squaring off. And I think a lot of people are starting to, um, as far as like the, the Democrats are trying to put their hats into the ring, mm-hmm. um, are starting to kind of go after uh, uh, DeSantis. Yeah. Who yeah. man alive, dude. DeSantis just screwed the pooch. What do you do? He, he's running and he's pulling horribly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I, th- I think like, he's done. He's not, he's like, not dude, serious. Just, 
if you would have waited, just wait four years, dude. Yeah. That's all you had to do. And you would have had an easy ticket. You would have easily, you know, four more years of, you know, just, I don't know, laws that just barely get people on Facebook talking. You know, a few sound bites going after the woke stuff to get the Facebook people all happy. And you would have had an easy ticket into the White House. That's all you had to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But I he mean, decided to do it now and just, just ruined his career, in my opinion. Yeah, he should have been uh, VP with Trump. That would have been the best move, I think. Yeah. But now he's going downhill. I, I just don't see it. I mean, it's it's 100% Trump on the Republican side, but... And you think Newsom. I just wonder how they do that. I guess they can just, if uh, Biden makes it at the end of this term, it, they could definitely just rig the convention and put Newsom in. But I haven't seen how he polls against Trump. Yeah, I guess I haven't either. Um, I don't. I don't see Biden actually making it to the election, be it. I don't know, death or just they allow the the stuff coming out about him and Hunter to blow up. Yeah. Uh, I don't see him making it. And then they put Kamala in there. Oh, no, she's... No, there's absolutely no way. She's pulling in like 0% back when she ran. Mm-hmm. She was the first one out. Well, I mean, she's going to take over as vice president for the remainder of the term, which I guess doesn't really matter. Yeah. So it's just going to go to the convention and it's going to be Biden says he's running, but he's probably going to be dead or uh, mired in political stuff. So it's yeah, you're right. It's probably Newsom's going to be their number one choice and maybe a surprise Michelle Obama. I'm still holding out for that. Oh, that could get interesting. Well, I mean, really, it almost seems like Obama's been running this thing. Like the whole Biden presidency is just Obama's third term. Right. So this would just be another way, if she were in there, for him to have a fourth term. That's my suspicion. You know, that's it's very conspiratorial, but I mean... Biden was his vice president. Somebody made some calls uh, in the primaries. You know, Biden, there was a bunch of people and they all dropped out at the same time. Um, and Biden got the nomination. So it's like, I could see that being Obama. Just yeah. making some calls saying, you're going to support Joe. You'll get some good cabinet positions. I'm going to, I'm going to run this thing. So that was kind of their, their whole marketing of that campaign was the adults are back in charge now, you know, and that very well describes Obama, or at least the public perspe- perception of him in the past is that he was uh, eminent statesman and was running. It was one of the best presidents we've ever had, you know, from the Democrat perspective. So I don't know. I mean, and really Obama's still got a bunch of pull. It wouldn't be that hard to just make some calls. And a bunch of his people are in the administration, too. So, I don't know. It's really weird. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think Big Mike has too many skeletons in the closet, too. Mm. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I just I wonder who they're going to pick to be their next chef. Yeah. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to find a replacement, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a crazy story. <laughs> but I don't know. That just... Nah, nothing there. People drown all the time. <laughs> yeah, I read it was like in three feet of water or something, and there's like delayed in calling down. I don't know. I started reading too much stuff. And I was like, ah, this is getting too much, man. Simplest just explanation. Adding, you adding just fuel to the fire. Probably had a heart attack. That's what happened. Probably, probably coked out. <laughs> <laughs> too many uh vaccines cause of death hey there you go yeah it seems to be happening a lot yeah it's i haven't looked at the actuarial tables but apparently it's uh a big deal i mean i've listened to scientists talk about the mechanism of action and how just encapsulating these um spike proteins in this uh, lipid, it was supposed to break down in the skin or in the muscle. And they're like, wait, no, it actually doesn't. It uh, gets in the bloodstream and goes to your brain and your heart. And then, you know, the way the, the vaccine works is mRNA. mRNA. I can say it. Um <laughs> It just hijacks your cells into making the virus and specifically the virus uh, spike protein. So if that liquid uh, lipid nanoparticle gets into your heart tissue, then the uh, virus starts, the spike protein starts replicating your heart. The heart tissue doesn't heal well. It scars up. So you get scar tissue and heart inflammation. And it sure seems to add up to me why we would be having a bunch of young people having heart conditions and strokes. But um, but who knows? Once again, it's kind of confounded with the, the actual COVID because it may have the same mechanism of action. It's just weird to me that it's, it's kind of a um, delayed action. There's not a lot of COVID going around right now. But right. there were a lot of shots. Who knows? Yeah, it's something strange is going on with mm -hmm. like kids in their twenties or even younger, you know, collapsing after sporting events or you know having heart attacks or strokes. Like it just that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and that's where I'd like to dig deep on that, do some research and figure out. But, you know, it's it's really impossible to separate the two in my mind, the actual viral infection and the vaccines, you know, because they're both happening at the same time. They both kind of do the same thing to the body. Um, so I'm not sure how you would have to do a large study on uh, the target demographic and people who got vaccinated versus didn't it's yeah. kind of just thinking about it that way. It's kind of shocking 
that they're not doing those studies and that they didn't do those studies before they actually implemented the vaccine. I mean, they basically did no studies before, <laughs> before getting it licensed and giving it to, you know, 4 billion people. It's kind of a, kind of a crazy thought. Yeah. Like we don't know. It's like, we, we don't know the answer as to what the actual consequences are of this vaccine no idea (laughs) because nobody's done the studies nobody is doing the studies so we're just gonna i think it's gonna find they don't want to well of course yeah or they were told not to i don't know yeah well they got emergency use authorization and you know it's based on studies that these companies did that their methodologies are hidden. They just publish the results and they've got a very long and terrible track record of faking these results. Um, And that was taken as gospel by everybody. You know, they sold it to, I mean, I was listening to an interview, I think it was in New Zealand, like parliament, they had a Pfizer dude up there and they're just like, did we test did we do any studies beforehand or did we just take their word for it it's like well we just we just took the recommendation of we looked at like the cdc and the world health organization we took their recommendations like well where did they get their recommendation was it pfizer (laughs) yes so there is i mean this is this is the biggest human experiment that's ever been conducted and may it may be nothing, but we don't know. But it may be something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that on top of COVID itself being a man-made virus, uh, that inf- it, I mean, it's going to infect every human being on the planet. So it's really a, an interesting new paradigm we're opening up. You know, it's like a pandora's box you cook something up in a lab and a couple years later every human being on the planet has now had that virus it really makes me think of the fermi paradox and the idea of a great filter it's like once you you get to a certain level of technology where it's stuff like this is possible and it's just being done so cavalierly you know just no studies, no thought, no planning. It's, yeah, I don't know. We're getting dark, though. We're supposed to be having fun today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. Bringing it back around to the nostalgia factor, I just, <laughs> things were so much easier. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, if you went against too much of the the mainstream, I mean, you would be derisively called a conspiracy theorist or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's just like, oh, that guy's kind of out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's you know, back then, you know, people would be like, oh, the government, you know, maybe had a hand in killing JFK. That's a theory that's out there. And, you know, it's kind of hushed, hushed, and now it's like, oh, the government did. 
mm-hmm. have a hand in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you find out the government had a hand in, in MLK and his assassination. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, the more you know, the more you're like, well, maybe this other stuff is true. And then, yeah. Is it know, used I to. Mean, used to be what? Oh, it, it used to be, you know, with the JFK thing, I would always be like, well, I'm never going to know the truth. There's no way to find out. So whatever, I'll just chalk it up to the, the story. Sure. You know, it's like there's yeah. no point in fantasizing about alternative theories because you're never going to find out. Now it seems like the information is just getting out there about everything. So it is yeah. now possible to know the truth. Right. You know, and it's like you, the truth now, it seems like is just the opposite of what the, uh, the narrative is like the polar opposite. In a lot of cases, it's almost too easy. It seems like. It just seems, I don't know. Like they've been lying to us from, from the beginning. And mm-hmm. I know I'm kind of wistfully remembering my youth and like how things used to be, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the ignorance is bliss. Maybe I'm, I'm missing that. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Or you just, you don't know and you don't care to know. And it's just, you just read your, read your books. That was another thing. That's what we do. You get bored, you play outside, and then read books. It was like the primary form of entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just... crazy. And then just now you you have access to so much information, but you also don't really retain that information because you didn't have to go through that, that whole searching process or that whole reading process. Yeah. You know, if, and, if you had it's to always there. something up. Yeah, because if you had to go... You know, if you had to go to the library and spend hours and try to find the right book and, oh, you know, this encyclopedia or this, this book is talking about what I need, the information I need. You remember that because you remember the struggle you had to go through to get that. But now you can just, you know, get on the internet and search for something and there, you know, you got it there and you didn't have to go through that search mm-hmm. or go through yeah. that process. That's exactly like. So I used to be really into the Civil War. I'd just get tons of books. And I had almost every major battle memorized, the dates, how long they were, how many people were killed on each side, like the battle lines and how they were drawn up on a day-to-day basis and the generals. I memorized all of that because you had to, you know, get a book from the library. <laughs> you had to memorize right. it. And now I could barely tell you i mean i i retain a lot but not nearly as much as i did because i was just like oh wait when when was that and i just google it Boop, there it is so. yeah yeah i don't know i think information retention is low i think i think even now i do think that to a lesser degree i think the search for truth is even at an all-time low. Even though I said more people are kind of waking up, I think there there is an active measure in place that's trying to keep people in line. 
And I don't know. I just, things aren't the same. Things aren't as, it's not as fun. No. And it's changed so quickly too, which is wild. Yeah. You know, it And you're just, you can imagine the change that's coming. And it's the, the human mind is definitely not designed to interact with this kind of change in this technology. I don't know what it's doing to us, but I mean, we're really conducting a real time experiment that's never been done before. That's, I mean, my kids are playing Minecraft on a tablet. Like that's not something that it's not something that I did as a kid, you know, right. we just be outside being bored and reading books. It's, it's hard. I don't know. It's hard to go back. And are you doing them a disservice? You know, are they going to be weirdo outcasts, not able to fit into society if you were to live like that? You know, I mean, what... is that so wrong? <laughs> not it's... fitting into modern society. Is that a bad thing? It's yeah, it's hard, uh, hard to do anything if you don't, but it's not wrong. Yeah, I just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems to be if you're just in a tradition or just having a family and not in, not into uh, degeneracy, it's, you no longer fit into the modern world. Well, once again, I don't know how much of that is just living on the internet and how much is in real life because I don't see any of it in real life ever. <laughs> None of it. I don't know. If, if you watch a commercial, if you try to drink a beer, you <laughs> try to get a pair of blue jeans, you know, it's just you're constantly inundated with these alternative lifestyles. Well, it's... Oh, go ahead. Are, I mean, they're just... Oh, it's just going to get me in trouble, but I mean, it's just... They're not normal. It's an abnormal lifestyle, and you can argue that all you want, but... For something to be normal, statistically, you know, if something's like 80%, if not more, that would be the norm. Right. Because the majority of it is that way. So if the majority of the people on this planet are heterosexual, then that would mean that it's abnormal. So now we're being, uh, to be anything other than that, so now we're being forced to this abnormal lifestyles are being forced upon us. I mean, TV shows, movies, like every form of entertainment, music. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So like, you know, I get it. I get that, you know, these places that we live, you know, it's not necessarily all out there, but I mean, up here, it's like you drive, we got churches all over and there's three within walking distance of the house that have, you know, all these political messages all over it, rainbow flags and <laughs> all this stuff. And it's just like, man, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you didn't used to need all that stuff. <laughs> well, that's, you know, isn't for, that a, a good illustration though? They're telling you, they're advertising that they stick their finger in the wind, and just say what they need to say to be popular at the time. So don't go to those churches. If but you're it, into tradition. I mean, to me, 
I get your point, but to me, you know, for church, for someone to say all are welcome, I mean, that's that's kind of common knowledge. Right. All are welcome at the church, but I think, I mean, sorry, we're going to get into the religious topic here, but uh, the whole point of, I guess, uh, Christianity is that, I can't remember if I brought this up on an episode or not, but there, that Nirvana song, Come As You Are, yeah, I, I didn't yep. bring this up before. I'm yeah, you did, it up again. It's a callback, they call that. All right. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the come as you are, as you were, as I want you to be. And like mm-hmm. people miss that. So it's like, yeah, if you're gay, if you're trans, if you're, you know, whatever, yes, you can go to church and become a Christian, but then you have to change. Right. Like that's Like that's the whole point of it. And I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, I guess somebody like me or, you know, I mean, anybody, you have to change. And, you know, is somebody going to hell just because they're, you know, gay or trans or whatever? No, they're going to hell because they don't believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's the same thing if somebody was, you know, sleeping around their wife or, you know, whatever, it's the exact same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's Sunday. I thought I'd preach a little bit. Yeah, you got to get some of that in. That's what we need. <laughs> need more of that. I don't. Know, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Or don't you have any change the topic? Whatever. Yeah, I. I can see multiple angles to it. I mean, it's. Uh, it's tough. It's tough with the whole like gay and trans. Um, it just doesn't really fit in with religion at all. Is the thing you know, because religion right. is diamet- diametrically opposed to those ideas. So the idea of somebody coming into a church and then changing their their perspective on life is kind of what religion and church is for, but if your entire lifestyle is diametrically opposed to that, you've had to, you'd have to decide to change before then and going to church. I, I I don't know. I just think the two things are completely uh, incompatible with each other and by design in a lot of cases, Um, just the numbers of people. It's really a recent phenomenon. We've had, gay people forever that's a certain percentage of the population and that's fine and i don't care i don't care they can do whatever they want it's it's pushing the envelope and then now metamorphosizing into trans stuff and it, it it's a mind virus it's not real it's a mind virus that comes from the internet and infects people um, you, you just look at it like where where is this happening? This big push, uh, all the media that you're talking about that's advertising this, it's in America and it's in Europe to some extent. If you look at the rest of the world where they may not be on the internet as much or just have you know more stronger values and family ties, this phenomenon does not exist. 
it correlates very well with a loss of morality and just living online, you know, being able to create a totally different persona online than in real life. And then it bleeds over into the real world. I, I really, it's, it's mind viruses. I think, <laughs> I think that's a thing. It's like a meme, you know, that they can spread. They stick in your head. You transfer them. It's, it's a totally new thing that we've not really experienced before. Um, it's, it's kind of the whole like uh, transhuman is what's going to be next. Uh, I would predict it's um, you now you because you can create this online persona and live online, live on your phone, interact with people digitally and not in real life. You can basically separate your mind from your body and become whatever you want in almost every aspect. I mean, you can create an avatar, you can create pronouns, you can create a fictitious person entirely uh, when you interact. Uh, I just, I, it's almost logical that that's the way it would go, you know, because that's why I'm saying I don't see it in real life is because it's not a real thing. <laughs> I don't watch commercials. I'm not on social media. I may see, like you're saying, banners out there somewhere, but I'm, I don't know. I, I really think it's the internet has allowed us to think about transcending what it means to be human. And people are going crazy with it, and it's infecting people's minds. And just the statistics, I mean, like 24% of women are gay now. It's like, that's not right. That's not real. <laughs> it's the statistics. It should be less than 1%. You know, why are they doing that? It's because they're living online. They're not, I don't think they're just meeting up at a bar and talking each other into being gay. It's, it's a cool trendy thing to describe yourself that way online. They may not even actually be gay in real life it's just that's what they say they are because it's easy you know it's easy to just call yourself another gender or you know bun self <laughs> i don't know yeah I, I don't know i think kind of going back to that other episode that we did where we're i think we brought up nietzsche and like the god-shaped hole and everything mm-hmm. uh I do think that, yeah, I mean, with the, this transhumanist thing, when you have re done so well in removing God from society that you have nothing else and then you or the government or what have you, therefore becomes the gods, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time that, like, all this stuff happens. I mean, even, even the Romans knew... That you needed religion, mm -hmm. like you need you need a faith based society, and you can right. look back into like Cicero, or you can look back into even some of the Greek philosophers uh, when the the Greek Empire was going, and they they all knew that, you know whether you know you you, you need 
that there as a basis for a society. Otherwise, it turns into, you know, what we have now. And, and, and as, as Rome lost theirs, you know, their gods became the emperors. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, you just read a book and see what happened there, but it's, it's happening here too at a, at a pretty fast rate. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I think that to combat this transhumanist thing, like we do need to bring God back into society. And I mean, if you are looking at those examples, when you're talking about the ancient religions, it didn't really matter what the religion was either. <laughs> it's just so long as that everybody agreed on a, a common worldview, you know, and that there were gods that they were real and that they were, uh, you know, gods. (laughs) They were above humans in every way and that you had to respect that. There was something bigger than you and if you pissed it off, it would kill you (laughs) and your family. It's like, we kind of, we need that. And and you can, you can, uh, you can switch that to being a person obviously too. And that's, you know, you can worship, worship an emperor and it kind of fulfills the same thing, but they're still humans. So it, it starts to degrade that idea of there being some sort of divine, uh, God that you're all worshiping. It is, it is really interesting though. I think a shared narrative, uh, you know, even back, just going back to that whole idea of you'd read the same newspaper and everybody else was reading the same newspaper and that was the only information you really got that was still a shared narrative it's now that people have realized that it's all lies and you can you can find information from wherever you want and create your own information even it's the the individual now is the god and it's that that god-shaped hole you're talking about you can just look at yourself and realize that isn't true (laughs) so then you're completely lost you know it's well i've got kind of godlike powers but i'm also just small and stupid and corrupt and you know make mistakes so it just doesn't add up it's like just really messes with people's minds but i don't know the shared narrative that's what we need whether that's a religion or whatever, a new religion, even just some shared uh, perspective. Because if you don't have that, I mean, that's what countries are based off of: is they have an identity. And the identity is with traditions and religions. Um, but we've, you know, and I, I really think it's an intentional attack. Is we've lost. Uh, faith in the country years ago so people actively hate america they hate the country that they live in Um, and that was an intentional attack for sure with the education system and it just keeps breaking down uh, to lower and lower levels like the family you know whether or not it's family first or country whatever family breaks down love of country breaks down and now it's down to men and women breaking down. It's it's some sort of weird, <laughs> out of control spiral, and 
where you go from there. And I think it's the next logical step is, well, I'm not even a human anymore. Right. Then, okay, well, let's keep going down that. Where do you go after that? It's, there's gotta be a floor to this thing at some point. I mean, (laughs) I think you, you kind of said it, but like, I think, yeah, if you break down the country, which, you know, a lot of people on the right, I guess, would probably be considered more patriotic than those on the left, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to some degree, you know, yeah, the country became their God mm-hmm. and their, their, oh, what'd you call it? Their shared, uh, narrative. Sh- yeah. Shared narrative. And then you break that down. And then, I mean, what's the next option? Like you said, the family. And you break that down, and then you see you keep breaking down their gods. Mm-hmm. And to go back to, I think you brought up the Nietzsche quote, um, like, God is dead. And if you keep killing their gods, you know, then, I mean, now, and, and then once the God becomes the self, then and you break that down, then you got nothing left and then you can build it in your own image. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's, I don't know. I think it is, I think it's the tower of Babylon situation. Yeah. Well, the, the, the the whole thing. It's got me thinking about the, the killing the gods. Cause that's, um, yeah. in Mesopotamia back in the day, there used to be city states like Babylon, Egypt, uh, I think Ur, there's a bunch of them. And each city would basically, it'd be its own country in effect. So they would all have their city gods. They'd have one, like a, a statue. And when you would, the, uh, the Assyrians and the Persians and whoever, when they would go and take over a city they'd take the god and they'd destroy all the pictures of it and they'd take the god back to Nineveh <laughs> and set it up be like okay we have your god now what and that that would destroy that civilization essentially because they would all they would all share that narrative around the rituals and the ideas and now and they would basically treat that statue as the physical representation of the God. And once you take that away from them, I mean, that's why they did it is to utterly destroy that civilization. So, and and they, they were really taking it out of the mind of the people. Obviously the God wasn't real, but everybody thought it was. Uh, So it's, it's like a, it's psychological warfare and that's, that's what happened. And that, you know, the, the city and the God were so closely tied that you, you know, really couldn't tell the difference. But that's that's what we've done is it was an attack on Christianity, which was our shared narrative. Uh, that's, you know, atheism is really, it, atheism comes out of communism. Uh, you know, Nietzsche, <clears throat> that's kind of where it started is the late 1800s with the German philosophers. And they destroyed religion and substituted with uh, worship of kind of technology and technological process, uh, progress and the state. And then you, what do you see? You see Germany just going ham. Like they started the, there was the Franco Prussian war. 
then there was World War One, then there was World War Two, and they got completely annihilated. And you see it with, like the French, they um, they went Protestant. Uh, there was some, you know, the French Revolution. And then they went straight, basically communist as well, and just did away with religion. And then you get Napoleon, and years and years of war until France France just falls apart. Uh, you get China. They lose their traditional religions to communism once again, and you get millions of people killed. Uh, Russia, they lose their religion to communism. Their country collapses and millions of people get killed. Civil wars. I mean, Cambodia, uh, with the Khmer Rouge, they were communist. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it comes from communism and what communism is intrinsically tied to is atheism. So that infected our country in the sixties and whether or not it was entirely, uh, Soviet influence infiltrating the systems or whether or not it was just the kind of the cool thing to do because it was subversive, you know, America was strictly anti-communist. And so all the cool college kids are like, Oh, I'm a communist. You know, that's cool. (laughs) And (laughs) so that did away with religion pretty, pretty dang effectively. Uh, And it's been, I mean, it's, it's been a slow progress because all the older generations were still very religious and just the new generations are less and less and less religious. And so then you immediately see this, attack against the country itself as being this evil empire, which it kind of is, but, uh, you know, that's what it became anyways. And then it breaks down farther and further. And then, you know, what's next? It's like, we've got a vast history of what happens when a country or a civilization or a city loses its shared narrative goes south really quickly it seems like it's kind of surprising that it hasn't spiraled out of control you know faster in america it's shocking really yeah i mean i think i think there's i don't know if you've seen that yuri video yeah you know what i'm talking about that yeah um i mean they played the long game here is i think they knew they couldn't just do a straight up revolution. They had mm-hmm. to play the long game. And um, I don't know. I think that's kind of like where we're at. And that, that's why we haven't seen the rapid uh, takeover, if you will. But um, it's definitely, it definitely infiltrated and did not get combated very well when it first got here. Well, that's just the thing. It comes from the colleges, right? Uh, And it's only 25% of the population goes to college and gets a college education. So that's kind of the audience that they're working with, with the propaganda. And you you really see that because the stereotypical, like, blue-haired cat person is, and by cat person, I mean they identify as a cat, uh, they're 20 something women, you know, 20 something year old women who are lesbians and just 
absolutely batshit crazy. And that's a direct uh, result of the college education, I think. And more women are going to college than men. Like 60-40 split, I think. So they're the targets right now. <laughs> they're getting the full indoctrination. And you look at that, where do they go? They go to work in the, the school systems. And generally, I mean, this is broad brushes, but in marketing, advertisement, you know, computer, internet, social type jobs where their voices are oversized, overrepresented. So that's, you know, that's that's the kind of picture I'm seeing in my mind is the, the colleges are 100 uh, percent. They're not communist, but it's, it's devolved to the point where they're like anti-human <laughs> factories right. and brainwashing. And the result are these 20 year old crazy women who then go and have an oversized representation in the media. And that's why there's such a mismatch because if you go somebody who hasn't gone to college, who's just worked a job their entire life, they're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what am I seeing? This, this has nothing to do with me. I don't understand, but it's, it's that whole system, you know? Right. I don't know. That's maybe our saving grace, but you know, now it is migrating down into the lower grade levels. Um, so and that's why you're having a bunch of kids thinking they're trans and the surgeries and hiding it from their parents and the state coming in and paying for these and you know, hormone blockers. It's now moved from the colleges down into the, the you know, lower grade levels in high school and middle school because that's where the teachers are coming from. Right. So, it could spiral really quick or there could be a major backlash. I'm really hoping there will be a major, major backlash, not like violence or anything, but just, you know, you're seeing it with homeschooling too. I mean, people are pulling their kids out left, right and center. Like this is not working. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I Hopefully that does become more popular. I mean, need something to. needs to needs yeah. to change. We need to completely eliminate the government-funded school systems. In my opinion, there should be zero government money going to any schools, whether that's from preschool to college. Like, no government money. That would be a big start. But yeah, there's no way that's gonna happen, though. You're, you're hundred percent right but i don't i don't see the government ceding power of education away well and a lot of parents i would say most parents uh need the public schools because both parents work and they need somewhere for their kids to go for the day so it's they can't they can't not do it and it's, right. you know, the money gets taken out of their taxes. They're just not seeing it. Um, so they don't think there's another option when there really would be a simple solution is let's just give you vouchers and you can pick the school that you want your kids to go to. And then you right. would see private schools and co-ops just pop up everywhere. Because, of course, if you had the option to do it, 
you know, and you didn't have to necessarily pay more money for it. You're going to pick a better option. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Teachers union. Ninety nine percent of their money goes to the government. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully something ultimately changes, but I just gotta know. change I... one step at a time. Take your kid out of school. It's very, very, very difficult proposition, but you got to start is. with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think to me, again, it's Sunday. So, um, but to me, I, you just said it starts with yourself, basically. I think you need to repair the God shaped hole in, uh, like, basically in your soul. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what people need to do. And mm-hmm. ultimately, I think it just, uh, like, it, it comes down to that. Because if you don't have that grounding, that moral grounding, and that accountability to something higher than yourself, then to me, it's ultimately all is lost. Because then what what foundation do you have to, you know, like if you do pull your kids out, you know, like what foundation do you have? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I can't even tell you what, you know, the basis of my morality necessarily, other than the golden rule. You know, it's it's a tough proposition. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and reading about it and listening to other people's opinions on it. And I, I don't know what it is. You know, I'm not saying I'm a good person or anything. It's just, it's almost like there's, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think humility is probably the, the biggest thing. And that's what the, you know, omnipotent, omnipresent being in the sky is really doing to your psyche is it's humbling you. I think people is you need to start with humility and just realize that I don't know the answers and <laughs> I probably never will and I'm not going to be perfect but you know don't start you know trying to tell other people what to do I guess I just did that though see <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a paradox. Well, well <laughs> paradox. I, I think even Jordan Peterson uh, talks about um, like the golden rule and like where does that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and ultimately like the golden rule does does come from God. Mm-hmm. And I've heard arguments that, you know, there's similar things that have existed before. Uh, like I think... Uh, was it not Vishnu, but I don't know. Like the Hindu gods had something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing to me, for me is that, so if that does come from God and the thing with Christianity is that it is, it's the only religion where, I mean, essentially 
the I guess the god of it, the the focus of it, uh, sacrificed for his believers, and then allowed them basically uh, repentance and essentially salvation from that. Right. Like yeah. the other religions don't. You you know either need to make constant sacrifices or I guess I'm not I don't know, a scholar on every religion, but <laughs> um so I don't know exactly, you know, the, the different steps that you have to do, but so I mean to me it just it it goes back to that and that's ultimately when you look into the other teachings, I mean, it, it does, like Jesus does tell you to, you know, like you said, live with humility, live with grace, live with kindness and forgiveness. And, but also knowing, you know, the difference between right and wrong and standing for the things that are right and standing for the people that, that uh, can't stand for themselves Mm-hmm. You know, helping the, helping those less fortunate and, and not taking pride in you know oh this is all about me mm-hmm. and and modern society is is the antithesis to that in that it is all about you yeah it it's is. all it's all about self-love now and and all this stuff and it's just when you deny your your like, i guess like primal urges or your denying yourself and you do start putting others first and you realize that there is something greater than yourself. It it will change your worldview. Right. And I think give you a much more peaceful life. Right. That's, it's hard to wrap my head around the transition there because that's what uh, Judaism was a lot of other religions was that sacrifice aspect, which kind of makes sense is you are giving up a thing that's valuable, you know, like sacrificing a goat or a dove or something. And it's, you know, you're sacrificing a real tangible thing for your sins, I guess. Um, So it had some tangible consequences. But then the whole idea of Jesus or God sacrificing himself, it did away with physical sacrifices. But what replaced that? You just like, just be a cool dude. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of what it, what it is. Like where, what, what is the sacrifice? Is it just giving to other people? Is it putting them above yourself? Because that is a very, very difficult thing to do. I, th- I think that's what it is. I think that's the sacrifices. Um, like treating I other mean, people as good or better than yourself. Yeah, essentially. So when, like, he basically died so that you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You, you did. You no longer had to make to make sacrifices as far as you know, sacrificing a, a cow or a pig or whatever. Um. And then I forget uh, what book, but when he um, talks about, uh, you know, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and essentially give, you know, 10% to God. I mean, 
So you are to some degree supposed to, I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a sacrifice, but essentially give to God, you know, the first 10% of, you know, what you have, which Mm -hmm. when you break that down, I mean, God's only asking for 10%. The government wants almost 40%. I mean, that seems to me like a, (laughs) like a no brainer. (laughs) Wow. That's a good point. (laughs) I mean, I mean that to me. If I had to choose one, I mean, I'm choosing you know God all day long, <laughs> you know, just based off that. <laughs> but forty, I love it. <laughs> I mean, that puts yeah, things in I perspective, just, right? That kind of changes things a little bit. But um, I mean, yeah. So he paid the sacrifice, so so we didn't, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so then in doing that, I mean, and that, so if you look at it like that, so like this dude died for us, right. Mm-hmm. And made that sacrifice. So then, I mean, just almost of just sheer obligation, like that should make people think like, and all I have to do is just, you know, treat people better than I treat myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like the, the things he asked for are compared to what he did for it. Like the price he paid for it is it, it's kind of small. Like we got we got the good end of the stick, dude. Yeah. Well, you know? so, so that's just gratitude then. I mean, essentially, yeah. Hmm. Because he says, um, uh, shoot. I'm really not good at this, but, um, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember where it says in the Bible, but like they are basically saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. So the grace, the grace is the sacrifice, uh, um, of Jesus dying through faith. You need to have faith that, he, you know, he was the son of God. And then it says not of works, so basically, like, you can't just, like, do good deeds to get to heaven. But it says that people will be able to tell that you believe in Jesus due to the fruits that you bear. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you do love him, if you do believe in him, then you will do the things that he has asked. And people will be able to know through that. Mm-hmm. So what that's doing is it's setting up something where you're going to have, you sacrifice physical tangible objects to get and it wasn't about heaven because the there wasn't a heaven with the jews but it was so that you would have better outcomes in life and what that revolutionary idea was is that no there's something better and you better (laughs) you better pass the test i mean obviously you can't but you better work damn hard or you're not getting in is kind of the idea, which it's opening up this whole idea of an afterlife, which really wasn't a thing before. No. Yeah, you're right. It it wasn't a thing before, but basically with, with him coming down into human form and then dying and ascending back up, that kind of opened the gateway for that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like that kind of changed everything because like if you do study like judaism or i guess even read like the torah or like the old testament at all like i mean uh was it the book of judges is like i mean it's it's nuts dude it's like it's just like this constant um they're just like living their lives following god and they're like oh let's start like worshiping like these like satan or like Baal, moloch you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that and it's like whoa life sucks like send somebody to help us send somebody and they're like oh cool thank you so much and then like a couple years later same thing a couple years later same thing and they just keep doing that Mm -hmm. it's like that's crazy but then i mean that's basically what we do Mm -hmm. you know and it's like only we you know put other people in the place of God, you know, we got people that are like, Oh, Trump come and save us. Or, Oh, you know, DeSantis come and save us. And it's like, you know, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. You know, but, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So basically, uh, he actually came down to like, give them like one more chance. And then they're like, you know what? We're actually going to kill you. (laughs) So then he's like, all right, well now I'm opening it up to everybody. Right. Because, like, these dudes just are not going to, you know, get it together. So I'm just, I'm, I'm opening it to everybody. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that is, okay. So my line of thinking when you're talking about judges and how they were constantly straying to other religions, it's kind of, um, that illustrates something slightly different to me. And it may be what you're talking about as well, but it's the outside corruption from different societies. So Judaism started by breaking off from Egypt. They were, I mean, I mean, whatever. They were Canaanites, whatever. They were intrinsically tied to Egypt for a long period of time. It's like a breakaway uh, society. And then they went around and the people uh, worshiping different gods to me is kind of a other cultures leaking in to their their culture and you know by marriage or just by inhabiting and you know hanging out with different cultures next door and so it's like a degradation it was uh degrading the purity of that specific culture and the jews had enough self-reflection to realize that and so they would continually try to maintain their individuality and not let those other cultures leak in. Um, but it just, it still, it just wasn't working long-term because you keep going through these cycles and the culture would keep getting diluted over and over and over again. So then the idea of, okay, forget about this. Instead of having this one culture, we're going to just create this revolutionary new idea and open it up to everybody. And that's, that's what the disciples were all about, right? After the, you know, after the crucifixion they're preaching Christianity, it was not just Jews. It was Jews and Gentiles. It was everybody. It's like they realized that, okay, we're not going to try to have this one siloed society because it doesn't work. It keeps getting corrupted. Let's just, let's just have everybody, everybody be the same religion. You know, like let's expand our uh, horizons here a little bit. That's, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And it worked. Yeah, I mean, that's basically, yeah, it's basically how it went because, um, 
and there's even like disagreements between them like who is going to go to the the jews and who is going to go to the the gentiles at that time mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's and it, it basically um i want to say it's like in one of the corinthians um where he um uh, he basically says like you're not going to be um basically accepted in like your hometown essentially mm-hmm. like you gotta go out and like talk to other people that aren't you know your exact people right so like that's that's how they kind of spread that because they just yeah they went to they went to everybody so what you're saying is the jews invented mass media <laughs> some of them did for sure <laughs> Sorry. Like the apostles. That was low. No, you're no, you're not you're not wrong. That's literally they, what they were doing is going out and proselytizing to as many people in the world as possible. Yeah. And damn the consequences. And it yeah, worked. They all yeah, they all died because of, they all got murdered mm-hmm. by the government. So imagine that. That's nuts. That really is just some serious conviction. <laughs> Well, and that's that's the other thing is like if if you truly didn't believe it, like why would you die for it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and not just die, but like uh, tortured. Because mm-hmm. it just opened up the possibilities. You know, every other religion is what happens to you on Earth is a direct reflection of you know your lifestyle, but this opened up a whole new like, nah, this this isn't it, man. There's there's something else and it's infinitely better. And, you know, you're going to die and dying is actually a good thing. You know, right? it's, it's a good thing. I mean, really, if you think about that, there's this absolute paradise. Why wouldn't you want to get there sooner? Why would you want to wait? You know? Yeah. Well, when, when the apostles died, like a lot of them were grateful Mm-hmm. That that they that they got to suffer for it and they got to they got to do it. It's really hard because, to sell that idea though if life's going really good for you. <laughs> but is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like if you have if you have nothing grounding you, and you know, okay, you know, let's say your business is doing great, you're making you know millions. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say. You got a smoke show of a wife. Let's say you got a couple of kids, you know, whatever the American dream or, you know, whatever your, your, your greatest desires are, you're getting everything mm-hmm. at some point though, you will reflect and it will be empty. Yeah. You, you will have achieved everything you've ever wanted. You know, it's like, it's like being a kid and like, man, I just, you know, wish I had like pizza every day or like ice cream every day. Yeah. And, you know, as an adult, I'm like, well, I'm an adult. I can do that. I've done that. I've had, I've eaten pizza every day for like a week and it's great. It's great. First couple days, but then it's just empty. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a horrible analogy, but it, to me, it's the same thing. That's like, so it's, it's looking to outside of yourself for happiness and you're never going to find it. It's it's impossible long term, right? It's, if you're not content 
with the way you're living now, you're never going to be content <laughs> in any other circumstance necessarily. That's hmm. right. Yeah, because, you know, true happiness, you know, like how good does it feel? Like what feels better? Just on like a base desire, like giving a gift to someone that like helps them out. You know, like, I don't just mean like, you know, giving a toy to your kids or something, but like, you know, somebody less fortunate, you know, giving them something that like truly helps them out or getting a gift at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. You know what I mean? I hate getting gifts too. So it's that makes it even better. Here. <laughs> same here. But, but I mean, you're, you're basically, you know, so again, you're, you're getting something you're, you're should be on paper. You should be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. But it feels better to help someone else out. Right. That is weird. You know, and, that, and, and, and that's just like, you know, take the religion out of it. Like the fact that that is just, and you'll find that for most people, mm-hmm. most people that aren't complete psychopaths. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So, so if you already have that ingrained into you, you know, like to further like chase that high or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. to, to achieve true happiness, it will lead you to, I believe a more like Jesus centric life. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That's what it's all about is just, yeah, if you're, constantly thinking about other people and helping them out in any way you can it doesn't leave a lot of room to think about yourself either so you're kind of living vicariously through other people um yeah huh i mean there's something too obviously people have dug into religion and everything you know specifically christianity for thousands of years but it it's just on its face is such a successful uh, system. I mean, it went from just a few hundred years from essentially one guy to uh, the Roman Empire. And then just every, every time it had contact with another civilization, it succeeds wildly. I mean, it, just think about South America, you know, think of like, Mexico, I mean, it's not South America, but think of Mexico as like wildly Catholic and Christian. It's like, when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't even a thing until the 1500s. Now, 500 years later, it's just deeply, deeply Christian and Catholic. I'm sure there's a lot of genocide that went on there, but still. <laughs> You mean when the Spaniards wiped out the, the Mayans? Mm-hmm. They had their own religions for thousands of years, and all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> yeah. A, now it's all Catholic. <clears throat> Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think there's something to it. So. And I was, at least for me, like... I mean, I, I, I was raised a certain way and, 
all that. So, you know, you can say I'm biased, but I guess what what's happened to me is starting in like 20, I don't know, 2015 into like 2019, I went into just this massive search for truth. Mm. And it slowly led me to uh, this this immense belief in Jesus and in the Bible. Right. And that was just that was just off a search for truth. That wasn't like even like, oh, this is what I used to believe. This was like I mean, I was started trying to dig into like who's running the country, who's running the world, you know, what's all this stuff going on. You know, just felt like I was getting lied to by the media, by politicians, by everything. And it just, it ultimately led me to my conclusion in that, I don't know, this was the truth. This is where I needed to be. And it's been, I don't know. To make you a happier person. Oh, for sure. Hmm. It's a big take. I mean, I, I... I know if you if you don't uh, for people that listen to the to these shows might not think I'm happy, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, in my like my day to day life, it, 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 yeah, there's far more peace and happiness. That's awesome, and it's just you know, like I mean, yeah, we complain about it, we talk about stuff, and get depressed on these. <laughs> well, that's what this show's about. <laughs> yeah, just depression i guess (laughs) but um but no like i mean when it ultimately comes to it like i mean the stuff is just kind of arbitrary because you know when there's something greater out there than you know who's going to win the next election or there's something greater out there than the world economic forum or whatever (laughs) you know yeah it just it, it it doesn't it doesn't seem as bad uh, it almost doesn't matter really when it comes down to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it ultimately doesn't. And so like, no matter what comes, like you're, you're kind of, I don't want to say ready for it, but you can accept it and combat it in a, a different way. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I think that would, definitely help a lot of people i just it's very hard once you're ingrained in a way of thinking to change that you know like it's never gonna it's never gonna happen for most people i mean it happened for you right but you worked hard at it right i mean search for truth that's not like a (laughs) simple proposition um how you know how how would you convince somebody to change their perspective on life that's next to impossible i think well then that's that goes back to the whole idea of just showing people leading by example because you're never going to convince people but if they witness the way you're living and you seem like a happy person like yeah maybe there's something to that you know that leading by example could be a much way more powerful idea than you know persuasion yeah, and I think, you know, the, the, to some degree, you know, 
the persuasion, I guess, or, you know, coming from like a bigger church or whatever, you know, they're, you know, if somebody is lost, that's a good place to go. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you just, you feel you got nothing left then by all means do that. But in just like a day-to-day life, you know, if you can, yeah, if there is something and somebody can see a difference in you, whether it's, you know, happiness or peace or just not engaging in the typical rat race, you know, then yeah, there would be just something to that. We're like, whoa, what, are, you know, what do they got going on over there that right. you know, they're able to do that or not respond in the way that I would. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't need to do all this. What's going on with them? What do they got going on? It's, it must be something good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Got to watch that, uh, that chimp empire show. I was just watched a couple episodes of that last night. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> just yeah, um, look that up. It's, it's creepy. You start watching them and you start, you start to lose track that they're actually chimps, like the way they interact with each other. <laughs> it's so human. Wow. But it, it just the 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 animalistic of the, the tribalism, the alliances, the tit for tat, like all of that stuff, revenge, uh, in groups, out groups, is it just fits so neatly on how humans interact with each other. So if you could imagine some chimp in that group that was just totally outside that and was thriving. They'd all be like, "Well, where are you getting the food, man? You know, like why yeah. are you why are you always so well groomed? <laughs> no, I haven't been doing that." So yeah, it's I don't know if that was a weird weird example, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, that show is pretty good though. So far, I'll look that up. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of ideas. I didn't even talk about my stories. I had just something crazy about uh, theory of gravity being proven incorrect. Oh wow! Yeah, and I had something on. Uh, Say that for the next one. Right. That, that sounds like that's going to open another can of worms. I'll try. I'll try to remember. And then AI favorite, celebrity about... street fighter. Oh yeah! <laughs> Did you see that? I did see that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Now, I love that we come up with awesome ideas at the end. <laughs> right? Where was this in the middle? No, that conversation. This was a good, good conversation. I love digging deep, and it makes me want to go read some more books. Um, I I've never read the C.S. Lewis book, uh, his Mere Christianity book. I don't think I've ever read that. I think I might oh, it's fantastic. give that a read. Definitely. There's, Definitely should be high on the list. Just hearing, too, that Dan Holloway dude from the Drinking Bros podcast, he was talking about how he read uh, that one and the Screw Tape Letters and Ender's Game. And those books, like, completely changed his perspective on life. And I was like, dang, I could see that. The screw tape letters was a really, 
really good when I read that one. I was pretty young. It's eye-opening. And then Ender's it Game is, as well yeah. is really interesting. The second book in the series. I've never read those. Yeah. It's kind of out there. It's sci-fi, but I was listening to an interview with the author. And he said he wrote the rest of the series so that he could write that second book. It's wow. It's pretty good. It's as far as sci-fi goes, it's got some really interesting concepts and it delves into just uh kind of religions and just understanding different people's perspectives. Um aliens in this case, but it's a good read. Yeah, I'll look those up. Uh, Got to do more reading, less podcasting, podcast listening, <laughs> not podcasting. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. See, now I got to put that drop at the end, <laughs> along with the, the other one. I love it. Speaking of podcast, waste of time. <laughs> I clipped that and put it at the end in case anybody's interested. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Every episode. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that was great. <laughs> uh, well, we're at just about two hours. Should we call it a day? Yeah, that sounds like a good one. See if people stuck through the whole thing or not. Yeah. <laughs> see, we'll see. They got to go right to the end. That's where the good stuff is. Yeah. <laughs> say that every time all right all right there you go skip to the end yeah for the good stuff yep. you gotta listen all the way to the end for the good stuff you can skip if you want but then you're gonna miss on the, the setup so that's true <laughs> all right well i will uh let's do this again next week huh all right sounds good all right have a good week you as well right, thanks podcasts and waste of time get out of here get out of here people you're wasting your life <laughs>